Hey everyone, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education, and so much more with our very informed guests. So thank you for joining us today. On today's podcast, and I'm, I mean, I'm going to have Dan help me because I always get this wrong. The MCC, the Motorcyclist Confederation of Canada. Am I right? You got it. Oh, Nailed it. First try. Perfect. I I always get my C's mixed up and I'm like, oh, I know what it is. But can you, you just recently, you, well, first of all, Dan Cochran, you are a member of AMSS. So thank you for that. You're also on this Road Riders Council with the MCC, but can you kind of explain what the MCC is for people who may not know? Most definitely. So the Motorcyclist Confederation of Canada, which I will use the acronym MCC for the rest of the podcast, just because it is uh, not as, as big of a mouthful, but we are a national not-for-profit uh, advocacy organization that focuses on promotion of motorcycling interests across the country. So we were established in the mid 2000s and we look at ourselves as the voice of motorcycling in Canada. Right. Um, so where we're a provincial level, you're on the national level. Correct. So we would collaborate with member federations, clubs, partners and international organizations to advance public policy, uh, traffic safety and, and other issues that are important to Canadian motorcyclists. And um, we provide a forum for members across the country to share their expertise and communicate their needs to key decision makers and the public. We are also a founding patron of the Canadian Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Oh, really? That actually I didn't know. So that's a, something yeah. I learned today. Look at that. Perfect. Learn something new all the time. There are different councils that are within the MCC. What types of councils are there? There's kind of a couple that are key. Yeah, so the two main uh, recreational riding councils I'd like to speak on today are basically first, it's the Off-Road Council. Um, so they work with organizations such as the Ontario Federation of Trail Riders. And here in Alberta, they, they deal with the Alberta Off-Highway Vehicle Association. And their main focus are items, uh, everything off-road, so it'd be like trail closures, um, land access, uh, sound emissions, safety, and programs such as junior riders. Perfect. And, and we see them at the, well, when we do have bike shows, the MCC is always a part of the off-road, the Alberta off-road booth, which is great to see because they've come over to visit us over at, at our booth yeah. as well. And then there's the Road Riders Council, road which you're on. Yes, I am on. So I am co-chair. Um, I've been, the Road Riders Council basically focus on, uh, focuses on everything on road. Uh, so I've been with uh, volunteering with the council for about almost two years um, and co-chair since the beginning of 2022. That's awesome. So what kind of projects are you guys working on? Because I know you and I have talked off record about stuff and and another gentleman that's on the Road Riders Council I've spoken with at length before as well. I don't want to explain these things. I would rather it come straight from the horse's mouth. So what kind of projects are you guys hoping to achieve working on? So our main uh, project that uh, we focus on for the year um, is always the national campaign for May is Motorcycle Safety Awareness Month that we've, we, we launched previously this year. Um, so with that, uh, our tagline uh, for the last couple of years is basically watch out for each other. Um, 
And so the campaign uh, featured faces of motorcyclists to reinforce the fact that when you see a motorcycle, you're actually seeing a person underneath the helmet, uh, a friend you haven't met, uh, someone that has a family, uh, that human connection. And uh, with, with our launch, we, uh, it was primarily shared through social media platforms, at, uh, through clubs and organizations nationally, and by supportive media outlets, print and, and, and online. And what I will say, I really want to talk about really quick, what the AMS has done every year, especially this, this May, is you've done a wonderful job. And like kudos to the AMSS on that. Um, there's very few um, organizations across the country um, that run a campaign like yours. I, I don't think anyone truly does the in-depth. Uh, you're, you're really lucky that with your members have a strong media background. So uh, that makes the presentation so much better. Um, and unfortunately, there are some provinces that don't put the focus on or maybe put uh, motorcycle safety combined with boating safety so the message isn't very specific. There are some, some provinces that do a great job. I'll, I'll give a shout out to Quebec and, and Manitoba, and I don't want to badmouth any other provinces on that. But what we do with our campaign is for those provinces that don't have an organization like the AMSS, um, we can provide the tools that we have uh, on the national level where they can bring that down and focus it on with it within their province. So, um, yeah, th this year it was kind of fun too. So we added new tools to, to share the campaign, be, be a little bit more lively with filters and frames and stickers that contain short messages and branding for the, the campaign that could be easily shared through social media. Um, I think it's really important though, like uh, we live in a country that um, we don't ride 12 months out of the year. And every spring we get back up on the road and you have to remember we're sharing the road with uh, four-wheeled vehicles that uh, for a good six months forget that we share the roads together. So, and then when you take in consideration this year at the campaign, we really wanted to focus on was there's been so many new riders that have come into the, to the sport over the last two years. Um, sales of all bikes in 2021 were up 8.5%. But when, if we look at on-road bikes, uh, it was amazing. We saw an 18.1% increase, and that was following an even larger jump in 2020. Taking consideration also, um, a lot of the dealers were talking about how parts for uh, later models uh, were starting to get ordered and, and it's substantially large quantity. That means there's a lot of people that maybe had that bike that was under a tarp in the back of the garage and for whatever reason, they haven't rode in the last five or 10 years. Um, those people are coming back on the road. So our camp campaign focus was basically the young and young at heart riders were a primary target for the safety message. And first time or coming back riding after an extended time away from we wanted riders to be aware of all things that they can do to increase their safety and your campaigns have always been great like over the years or so is like the pledge of being a safe rider and you know and things like that and we enjoy at amss sharing the the mcc stuff on our social media as well because it's just all of us kind of coming together Thank you very much for the compliments on our campaign. We're very proud of everything that that we've done as well. But it really does take these kinds of partnerships to maybe encourage other provinces to, you know, step up. And if there are people listening from other provinces other than Alberta, 
you know, Dan, as well as myself, we're like, we're more than open to share our template of, of how we got to where we are. I mean, we were blessed with specific board members that have the connections, but it doesn't mean it can't be done somewhere else. 100 uh, percent. One thing that we do provide on our website, which is motorcycling.ca, um, we do have some great resources, great safety resources and tips and tricks for uh, for new motorcyclists or, or 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 motorcyclists that have been enjoying the sport for many years. But not only that is for for advocacy. Um, we have uh, some great support that if you if there's an organization, whether it's municipal, provincial, anywhere across the country, they can download those to get a better idea of how do you get a hold and and, and work with the provincial government or a municipal government. And because when when we look at any of the legislation that impacts riders across the country, majority of all of that is coming from the provincial and municipal level. Yeah. So having that ability to get a hold of the representative representatives that you need to, we do have some tools to help with that. And that's excellent. I mean, we, again, we're fortunate at AMSS to have such a, a good partnership with Alberta Transportation and, you know, we, we can reach out to them. But I think another thing that people don't understand is uh, that wheel takes a, a while to turn at, at that government level. They don't move nearly as quickly as we would like them to be. But if they're open to listen, that's the first step. It really is. And the one thing that we can provide is, again, because we have relationships like the AMSS um, across the country, when a certain province is faced with uh, ongoing legislation or incoming legislation that's going to impact motorcyclists, I'll, I'll take BC as an example right now. They're looking at implementing a graduated license within the province. Um, we have members within our council from Saskatchewan that went through that a few years back and there were some positives and some negatives where that, that change impacted riders. Um, and they can at least provide that information to members with are in the BC that are in, in those conversations with the province to be an advocate for motorcyclists and use those as examples because they're proven and it's true experience that has already happened in a different area of the country. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that brings up another topic that is often thrown around and, and it's questions we get asked a lot lately, especially with trying to speak to the government about different ways we can lower fatality statistics. What's your um, opinion on mandatory motorcycle training? Um, I'm an advocate of that and I'd, I'd love to tell a story about that. Absolutely. So, yeah. So 18 year old Dan Cochran goes out and gets his motorcycle license and buys his first bike. I thought at that time in my life, because I rode dirt bikes growing up, that I had enough experience. I'm a great motorcyclist. I took the course, or I, I, I took the, uh, uh, the license exam and I passed, so I'm good. Well, the unfortunate part is um, I wasn't ready and I was in an accident, a fairly bad one that could have been a lot worse. Single rider, my fault. If there wasn't a red light, it probably would not have been single rider. So I look back at that and say, thank God. Course wasn't wearing the proper gear at that time either. Um, and I was riding in, uh, uh, it was late fall. Uh, there was a lot of gravel on the ground and things that I should have realized back then. But again, I was 18 years old. Who's going to tell me what to do? 
And unfortunately, I have to live with an injury from that accident for the remainder of my life. And I think a lot of times people may look at that and say, okay, well, I don't have the time or it's expensive. And I think if anyone has been in an accident or has even accidentally dropped their bike in the garage or whatnot, they know how expensive it could be to just fix that. And if that can be, and, and God forbid, if something worse happens and there's a fatality or, or a, a major injury, I really believe uh, rider training is very, very important. And at the end of the day, it's, it's for the safety of us and others. So. Absolutely. I, I, uh, I've always said that like you guys that grew up on dirt, you've got some really good foundational skills, but it's not street skills. It's a totally different world. However, you can probably handle gravel a little bit better. You can probably, you know, but there's so like, there's when you're out on dirt in, in like out in the country, you don't have all these vehicles. You don't have distracted driving. You don't have, you know, you may have the odd animal here and there. Sure. But you don't have other people that aren't paying attention that in vehicles that can essentially kill you. So, I mean, training for, for us, again, we're big advocates about, about training. That's why we work with some rider training schools, but I know that it's kind of different through each province, probably because traffic legislation is different through each province. Do you think we would benefit for having some standardized testing or training across the country? I would. And that's one thing actually we are looking at trying to do as a project with the road riders council. Um, we can't impact and dictate what each province does, but what we can do is at least come out with maybe some standards. Um, and even if it's for the, the end consumer or, or the person that is that enjoys the sport or is looking to enter the sport, if we can provide them with what they should be looking for in a rider training school, I would say the majority of the riding training schools across the country are great. Unfortunately, sometimes there are going to be some bad apples. So just making sure that you're arming those individuals with the right information where they're going to go pay their money for their course. They know what to be looking for, what's going to be included within those courses. But again, it is really tough when it is provincial legislation across the country and every province is different in how they deal with it, more put more focus on it. So it's, again, trying to get those advocacy at a provincial level to make sure that stuff is happening. So what would you think if we added, um, as you know, in Alberta, we have class five and there's driver training for that. Do you think it would be worth, you know, um, asking the government to maybe add a bit of motorcycle education into class five driving, not necessarily getting them on a bike, but actually having a section that teaches them about motorcycles. I think that would be wonderful because even if they never go into the sport of motorcycling, they're still made, they're going to be behind the wheel of a four wheel vehicle. And just having that right from the beginning and that knowledge, I think be very beneficial knowing to do a proper shoulder check and look for those blind spots, right? And, and, and knowing, I, I think it's really tough right now with any vehicle, there's just so much distraction from cell phones to just the technology in a vehicle right now, right? And just if, if you are attacking it right from the beginning when those individuals are getting their licenses and you're, you're, you're having it part of that license process, I think would definitely uh, have a positive impact. Now, is it the be all end all? No, but at least it is providing something there. 
Absolutely. And then there's uh, a bunch of people in our community who like to want to change that um, punch buggy game in the car with your kids to spotting motorcycles instead, you know, teaching them even that really, really young age as, you know, five, six year olds on a long road trip to spot motorcycles because it teaches them to look for them. It does. So tell me what got you into riding and where did your passion come from? Because what people don't know about you, and and I'll just say this is, you know, obviously we have 18 year old Dan who had that incident. We have Dan as a, on the road riders council with the MCC. We have Dan who works with Yamaha Alberta. We have Dan who's just super passionate about power sports. Where did that come from? And when did it start? It started at a very young age. Um, my godparents had a, a lake lot that we'd visit every summer for two weeks. And they had a variety of 50 and 80 cc dirt bikes. And I looked forward to those two weeks all year round. And I just, if I get a whiff of two stroke smoke right now, it, I get vivid images of back then. Like it just, some of the funnest times of my life I remember were back then. So I had that passion. When it came to on-road motorcycling at 18 years old, um, my parents kicked me off of their uh, vehicle insurance because I got in a couple fender benders and I couldn't, I couldn't afford vehicle insurance. So I, I, I needed transportation at that time. So I, I bought my first uh, 1985 uh, Yamaha FJ 600. And that was my way to get to work and to get to uh, post-secondary. I was lucky enough to get a job uh, with one of the local Harley-Davidson dealerships while I was going to post-secondary. And that's when I I really started to get very passionate about on-road motorcycling. All my friends were passionate about it. We did tons of rides. Uh, I had a little bit more freedom there because I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. Um, And it really, that's where I really started to fuel the fire a few years in, in, in the future from there. And I was lucky enough to get a job with the Yamaha Motor Canada. And I've been with them for over 16 years in a variety of field staff roles in Western Canada. And I, I've been very lucky. I get to sell fun all day. Yeah. And I, I get to deal with motorcycles all day. And, um, and one of the reasons why I decided to put my hand up to volunteer for the uh, MCC is I think it's time for me to give back because I've been very lucky to work in this industry as long as I have and, and just work with a passion. So, Well, from us, I definitely appreciate, um, you know, how we came together through AMSS and then very quickly, like through the MCC as well. And I I appreciate that partnership. And can you remind everybody what the MCC website is again? It is motorcycling.ca. You get all those resources on there as well as our website. Thank you so much, Dan, for coming on and, and giving us some time to help people understand what the MCC is all about. To make sure that you don't miss any of our upcoming podcasts or to listen to previous ones, make sure you click on subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast ear candy from. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest that you think would be great on the show, let us know. How? Well, you can follow us on all the socials or reach out through our website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. We'll see you out on the road.